Free love. Tell me what you like, tell me what you think Tell me if I'm trying too hard You'd be lying if you told me You were with it from the start, girl I ain't even smoking and I ain't even drinking But I ain't even going too hard To be honest, I'm completely sober Trying to play my cards right I can't stop staring at you Why you gotta look amazing? Ooh, just wanna win your heart I just wanna win your heart Baby, just wanna win your heart Free love <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah <coughs> Live. That shit's hella fun. Fuck it, we're doing it live. This is good. This is good backstage shit. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome back, Free Love Podcast Number Four. We are your hosts. My name is Vibrock. My name is Cass. And today we got two special guests in the building. Introduce yourselves. What's good? My name is Jeff Burnett. What's going on? This is Jay Bird. Yes, so we got Jeff Burnett and Jay Bird in the building, and we're going to get into a little interview section in a few, catch up with the homies, see what they've been doing. But uh, first, let's see how's everyone week's been. Cass? Uh, I mean, it's just been like kind of like a gloomy-ass week. Gloomy? You know, Why as far that? as the weather, I mean, I, you know, it's cool. Like, I'm in, I'm in high spirits still, but, you know, I'm in like hell. We got the, the incense going, and uh, it's, it's been hella chill, so. Yeah, yeah. Jeff and uh, Jeff and Jaybird, how's your week's been? It's been good. Just <sighs> coming back from a uh, couple trips. Yep. Yeah. Still trying to adjust back from Korea time. Yeah, Korea. How was the How was the trip to Korea? You guys came back last week. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, jam packed. Always a good time over there. We got to bring the bro Esther this time. Shout outs to the bro Esther. Esther's here. How many times did you eat Korean barbecue? <laughs> uh, Too many in times. LA or? Between Korea. LA and Korea, we actually no, we had Korean there. barbecue. We actually there, had Korean hot barbecue. Hot we had Korean barbecue twice, no, and, no. and we were there barbecue. for a week. So, yeah, nice. so that's not bad. how many shows you guys do? We did three, and then Esther had this gig at Cake Shop. Nice, yeah. full pack jam. Yeah, was, it was nice. It was cool. Yeah, hell yeah. We all got to do DJ sets. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice, man. What'd you drop, Jaybird? What did I drop in my set? I mean, I'm curious to see what a Jaybird DJ set's like. You know, I was uh, I was a little nervous. I have to admit, just because I was using a different program. I'm so used to Serato DJ, and then uh, when they told me that um, the Pioneer uh, DJM 900 only used Scratch. Oh, that's all one. Yeah, I had my set list ready and everything, so I had to kind of play shotgun and go by the BPMs. But for the most part, I played what I wanted to play. You know, drop some uh, some dynamic duo and some. Uh, being seen though that was a two Korean acts. Then I went to some '90s stuff, dropped that uh, Aliyah back and forth one time. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was some awesome feel good tip. Went he to the '80s a, a little he bit. He had a good two weeks of preparation from the day he found out he, knew he was gonna spin. You know, he was on it like like that. This is my moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely down to do over for sure. But it was good. It was good. Nice. So Korea, Korea is a big deal. I feel like you guys been there a few times now. 
Let's rewind back though. Let's rewind all the way. I, I guess all the way back to. Not gonna make it where as individual where go back into you know your childhood because both of you are here so we want to concentrate on the artistry so um let's take it back to your jeff your musical beginnings and we'll go into J- jaybirds right after so um when did you start doing music or when was music becoming part of your life well um music's always been a part of my life i started getting into it in elementary school when I had to choose an instrument to play in sixth grade, and I chose the trumpet, but I wasn't really good at it, so I just did choir. Mm. And then, um, yeah, I just started singing more. And then in middle school, I did choir both years, and then high school, I joined the drum line for three years, and then my last year was in jazz choir. Oh, nice. But I didn't think I was going to do music. You know, it was just something fun. Hey, bro, didn't you want to be a dancer before? Yeah. I was like more of a dancer than a singer. Well, I do have what, what kind of, what kind of YouTube, dance? Bro. What kind of dance? I don't know, just doing? like choreography. Oh, nice. I try to be boy. <laughs> Yo, if I do, it's dancing though. Yeah. <laughs> Castle, this Castle has history. Yeah. I was gonna look, try to look for that YouTube video because I put him onto some shit. I put Cass onto some shit. You know, I would teach him here and there. And okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. And I believe him. All those he's like a, all those ACL problems are all through dancing. <laughs> Man, all right, my man Jaybird over there. Uh, what's your musical background like? Uh, I mean, to really try to sum it up, uh, I mean, the first instance, just kind of growing up and seeing my dad uh, at uh, rehearsals with his inspirational band, um, church. And um, I think by the time we moved, I was about two or three years old when we moved from San Francisco to Richmond. He got his first house for the family. and. Uh, uh, my uh, grandmother, his mom, uh, brought in a piano, and you know I, I used to see him play and jam on it. So I knew, you know, growing up and watching him, that you know keys was just gonna be my my instrument, you know, over everything besides the drums, possibly. And um, so, so music's been a part of your your family's life for for a long time. Right, definitely, absolutely. I mean, just vinyl playing every day, and. Um, you know, just really being inspired and just being on the toilet doing number two, but hitting, you know, <laughs> my legs, you know, making beats yeah. and just. Was, was, was your father first generation of musicians, or does it go further back? Oh yeah, it definitely goes further back. Uh, it goes all the way back to, like I mentioned, his mom, uh, my grandmother. She uh, rest in peace. She um, she was a choir director. She had a double masters in music um, from I want to say. University of Chicago, mm-hmm. and um, my grand, my great grandfather, her dad, uh, he was uh, he was an opera singer. You know, he sung opera, he sung uh, you know gospel hymns. Had a really powerful voice. Uh, just projected. Used to sing. Used to sing along with a lot of Mahalia Jackson, and you know his background is really deep. So nice. and this, and this is, is all in the bay. Uh, well, um, my dad's side is from uh, Virginia and and North Carolina, and um, okay. they kind of moved to to the bay like during the during the 50s nice. and uh the same thing with my mom and her family from texas and louisiana there was a uh, this thing called the great migration that happened in the 50s where everybody moved to the bay and other parts of california for for work and stuff so for sure good lineage of uh music is always has it always been the styles of uh jazz around that around that area or like- um well uh you, you're talking about uh 
areas where they came from originally yeah, or yeah, like um <clears throat> well it, not so much jazz i think a lot of uh gospel a lot of blues okay all right for sure um yeah so jazz didn't really come into my life until till later on till a little bit later on um it was always there because we used to listen to the like you know we lived in the bay so we play like 92 or 91.1 fm we play 103.7 kksf so i was definitely heavily i was heavily inspired just because my dad used to listen to a lot of uh like you know quiet storm and and jazz back in the day so i used to love it because he he dug he dug it so so music's been both part of both of your lives heavily influenced from your families and um you know, I, I believe Jeff, you have a sister that sings. Yeah, um, we actually got her from my mom. She's she's a singer as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Shout out to Tita. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, where we pretty much got our voice from. And that's all through church, though, right? Yeah, through church. Yep, we were church singers. Actually, was a drummer in church growing up. Me and uh, Miko. Shout out to Mind Power Miko. And uh, yeah. Nice. So, um, Jeff, uh, when did you start recording um, music for your own? Around or, or when? When did you find the like uh, the need or the want to do to do that? Um, I started working at Wells Fargo right after high school, and um, I went to college for like a year. But I knew I wanted to do music, so I I worked full time at Wells Fargo. And I just caught my first setup, which was very influenced by Mikey Manifest. I caught the same setup as him. Shoutouts to Mikey, big bro. Um, so yeah, I caught that and then started recording on Pro Tools and started putting songs out around 2009, 10? 2010. Hey, this girl. Something like YouTube. Yeah, this girl. Oh yes, that's one of the first songs. That's one of my favorites, Blue actually. Cass. <laughs> we got to re- reboot that one in the future. Rhythmatical. I remember I was like at a party, and they were like we were just playing like beer pong. It was like college jazz party, and then someone was like, right, that song randomly came on someone's iPod. Whoever was freaking playing. I felt like superstars and shit. Man, I <laughs> it was like it was like getting hella turned and shit. And did they know that was you? Nah. That's crazy. Wow. Lo and behold. Um, around 2008, 2009, you said you started recording music. Um, well, I graduated st- high school in 2008. Uh-huh. And then I started working full-time around 2009. And was that around Was that around the same time you started putting music, um, up, uploading into YouTube? Yeah, I think I started... Yeah, MySpace actually. MySpace is first, and then YouTube. MySpace music actually, I started putting music out while I was in high school, like my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I would record through the mic on the MacBook, just oh, a tiny yeah, yeah. mic, and record on GarageBand. And yeah, that was my first. Uh, my Who was your top eight? My top eight. <laughs> Bro, I'd use code so I'd have like a top 16. <laughs> Everyone's included, bro. <laughs> no one hit you with that TFTI. So funny, one. <laughs> for real, right? It's funny because like people would get butthurt if they, they weren't they, in your top sure. eight. Yeah. So I finally found the code and just not have anyone in the top. <laughs> but yeah, MySpace music. Damn, I forgot about that. I was like... So um, for, for Jaybird, right after high school or during high school... Um, 
did you have any uh i guess access to recording were you recording music at the time or was it just live performances uh that's a good question well during high school uh let me see i was about 14 15 uh like getting heavy in the jazz yeah so there was a lot of practice and a lot of eventual live performances once i got the hang of being able to perform jazz and um my recording experience on my own came when i think i was just turning 15 and my dad first bought me a uh, a casio keyboard one of those wk uh, 1600s so it was only like 16 tracks and you know i only had like those sounds to work with and made you know quite a few tracks i, I think i man i think i still have those cassette tapes somewhere in my closet at home nice from like the, the first beats that i ever made because yeah. of that so yeah that's we're gonna have to, ha- we're gonna have to get a hold of those <laughs> yeah it's, 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 it's kind of questionable you know what i mean compared to what everybody you know is used to listening to from, from... <laughs> we're still gonna need those <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so um so for a little transparency jeff is a reno native reno nevada native hey um, what did you just say bro we know reno what Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. How do you say it? Am I saying it wrong? Nevada, Nevada. My bad. <laughs> um, it's like everybody from like the U.S. says it like that, except people from Nevada. Yeah, like everybody says Nevada. it. Nevada. Nevada. I stand corrected. <laughs> I stand corrected. Um, what brought uh, Jaybird? What brought you out to Reno? Um, okay, so I think around the time I was. A junior in high school, uh, I met one of my first uh, jazz piano teachers by the name of uh, Kevin Stewart, who was he ended up becoming becoming my big brother in the music, you know, in the jazz. And this was right before my parents moved to uh, to Reading or to Mount Shasta area, mm-hmm. and. I used to get a lot of lessons from him and you know by that time I was thinking about which school I should hit up because I wasn't really like a prodigy and just you know that kind of young musician that was able to get like a bunch of scholarships and do all the stuff that you know a lot of peers that I looked up to were doing um my boy Kevin he told me about the University of Adorino and how um he had been going there and you know he basically I was a senior he put in a good word and I auditioned think back in like february 2013 for the jazz studies program and uh got in on a i think it was a like 90 percent full scholarship for the first uh two years i was there so that's what made me come to reno nice um for jeff uh what was how did you guys link you and jaybird what was the first meeting like man that was crazy (laughs) i remember um Cass, miko and i were just jamming like on midi keyboards when we first started like getting into production uh yeah around 2010 and we just went to this local bar and just started like jamming together and had homies come through and not your um, average gentleman not your average gentleman (laughs) but um yeah i saw jaybird actually just chilling in the back by himself oh hell yeah i remember that yeah he's just like mysterious in the bar yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had no idea who he was, and I'd always see him at events. Yeah, that was the funny thing is we knew who he was. Yeah, because this dude was always playing with like, uh, what was that band? Uh, well, me and Tony. Well, yeah, I had, I had, I was playing with Mark Sexton band. I was playing with Soul Jive, oh, yeah, and Soul uh, Jive. me and Tony had just started Status Flow, uh, the collective, and um, 
yeah so like i knew king king molino that's like our kuya right you guys is kuya he usually eventually became yeah, my yeah. kuya right watch day. yeah watch day shout outs so he brought me over to seven on uh what was it what was the street it was one of the seven it was the first seven tea house and uh yeah you're like you guys were jamming i'd already saw wordplay which you know kaz you were a part of that group and um it really if it wasn't for seeing you guys like at seven on west and then a couple months later at a knitting factory and then king brought me to where jeff said you know the the bar you guys were jamming i was like yo these dudes got like something going on let me you know yeah and i had no idea who he was i thought and, this dude and was he a thought i was yeah a cajon, cajon player because that's uh -huh. the only time he would like see me play is when i was playing cajon oh okay he's never seen me sing before no or, no he okay. had no idea i didn't know that this dude could sing until you know kaz and the rest of the world play two nine homies you know shout outs to two nine um told me like when i first came to the loft right where you know our boy G, our boy Mika, our boy Neo Soul, you know, housed, and this was like the first ever HQ. I came because you, yeah, I, I came because um, Status Flow was doing a second show and Wordplay was going to be a part of that show. So, and Jeff was there and a lot of other homies were there. So when I was playing beats, they eventually were like, yo, you got, you, you should work with, with, with Jeff, you know, because, you know, Jeff's been doing his thing on YouTube and I had no idea that he was a singer until like they told me right then and there. So, yeah, and I think what hit me when I actually discovered him was when he came over to pretty much learn their music, and he was just listening to their songs that they were playing for him, and he was just like, "Okay, so that's like an A minor right there. That's like a C right there." Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, "Damn, this dude's ear is crazy!" Like the, the he didn't even yeah he didn't even have like a keyboard or anything. He was just like by himself with a pen and paper and yeah. just wrote down like the notes and the song titles and i was just like what the hell this yeah, guy is crazy yeah. like i need to link up with him yeah i need to link up with him i had to write the chord changes for and I, and, classic wordplay jam like at that time i didn't know he was a producer mm. i was just like okay this guy's just like a musical director mm -hmm. you know a keyboard player with a really good ear so and then up, up I heard his point, beats. You, you didn't know that he played um, or he produced. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even know how beast he was on the keys yet either. Oh, And okay. then he came back. Like, we would always kick it at the loft. Yeah. And then there was times when he would just be there and someone's MIDI keyboard was just always chilling in the living room. And he just started making a beat on the spot. I'm like, damn. <laughs> like, yo, this, this guy's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he would just start playing beats and... One time he played this crazy ass beat called, well, it wasn't even called lingerie. Yeah, yet. I play, I called it like, let me yeah. play you a jam or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I was playing a bunch of beats. And then I was like, I played this, I, something told me to play this beat. I was like, I actually said, yo, Jeff, you got to listen to this one. And then as soon as the beat dropped, man, everybody was like, ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like, B Fresh was like, you know, he had his finger on his head, like, oh, dang, okay, yeah, Jeff, you can definitely hop on this. <laughs> and down then, to, um, down to the mannerisms, huh? Yeah, man. And then, uh, you know, everybody was like, yeah, man, you need to hop on that. And then I, that's when I, like, got his email, just sent him, like, three or four beats, and he ended up just, like, recording it. I don't even think he showed me the track yet. I think he just, like, up and put it on YouTube already. And were like, were you like up? Tumblr, right? Were you up on his uh, YouTube? Like, were you, did you know about his? Um, his Not until uh, after the first time that you know everybody told me to like you know check him out, and then you know I heard his YouTube. And I was like, yo, this dude's got a like. And it really wasn't even really voice. like that because in in Reno especially, it's just like you don't really find the need to just be like, oh yeah, like yo, peep my stuff. I make music like on yeah. YouTube. Like, yeah, 
Yo, check me. I wasn't trying to push myself on No, the no. If anything, the homies were. Like, and I was, I was curious enough to check it. Yeah. Organically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want to rewind back to Jeff and uh, mentioning YouTube, uploading YouTube. You caught popularity with a few songs, a couple songs that you uploaded. How did, how, how did that catch? Like, um, what was the, I guess, the catalyst to it catching more more views and more uh, more listens? You're, I don't even know how it started popping like, pretty, off. Like, pretty off. Like, I think what happened was I did this video with our homegirl, Kat Bedar. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was making music at the time. Actually, not really original music at the time. But I was doing coverage yeah, okay. on YouTube. And then I went to San Diego and did a video with her, which was a music soul child don't change song. And... Um, yeah, we linked up, did that, and then I guess, you know, people started discovering me through that, and Tumblr started popping off, yeah. and uh, yeah, I started posting out more stuff on there, and um, I got I started getting into production, I discovered Reason, uh, shout out to Jesse Brer for linking me with that, <laughs> that, uh, that, he had the plug, yeah, he had the plug on, on, uh, on Reason 4, and I just discovered how to use that, and I made this song called doesn't matter and classic put it jeff out burnett. on classic jeff burnett yeah yeah that <laughs> was the one that actually really, vintage, very vintage. that was the one that actually really did it so that uh, wasn't the first one that was the one that actually just went off i don't remember what the first one was man honestly but that was the one that actually started catching uh, wind yeah because then esther hit me up mm-hmm. on youtube and he still went by eclipse i oh. believe <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he hit me up and um that's that backstage right there and he just wanted the acapellas mm-hmm. and uh yeah he uh we gave him the acapellas and he remixed it and it started it started popping off on tumblr and then speaking of dj agana Super, super duper Justin (laughs) put it on his mix, and um, man, it was just crazy. We were talking about that one too when Justin where it was called Mix That Was Chiller. A mix that was chill, a mix of that was chill, yeah. That was the one that, yeah. So it all comes from a circle, yeah, man. And look, like, it's just crazy looking back at that because, like, we're all like family, you know what I mean? It's like it was meant to happen that way, how everything just came, came about. Shout outs, shout outs to the brothers coming into the room right now. Hey, shout yeah, outs to DJ Ghana in, in the building. We were just talking about you. What's good, sir? Shout outs to Drew Fio. Hey. Yo. Blood, sweat, and beers. Volume 2 coming out real soon. Even though it said February. Even though it says February. All right, to fast forward, we got you both of your um, musical backgrounds. Uh, you guys started working together after you guys met shortly after yeah shortly after. so speaking of that song Landre if you wanted to explain that sure so um like I like I mentioned um that one track that you know I sent Jeff among others I uh, played from for him at the loft and everybody was like yeah he needs to hop on this and then he like I think it was just within a matter of like two or three days like he had already put it on YouTube this was November 2010 mm-hmm. and put it on and I was like, yeah, this this goes, you know. Yeah. So lingerie is like the official Jeff Burnett, Jay Berg 
collab ever. First official. Yeah, man. And was this the uh, the catalyst and the genesis of making um, The Gentleman's Approach, the first album? Yeah, I mean, Gentleman's Approach didn't really start materializing until maybe about nine, ten months later. You know, like we hadn't even talked about making an album yet. You know, we just like just been, you know, this was a nice jump off to um, or nice start to like our, you know, chemistry, you know. So after we, you know, released Lingerie and I was fascinated because, you know, Jeff was showing me like a lot of other like a lot of dancers and people that were on YouTube just doing choreo to this track. Like, you know, I had never like seen that before ever, man, like on on one of my beats. (laughs) Yeah, you know, yeah. so and nobody knows who the heck I am, man. You know what I mean? So like a oh, lot of know. a lot of my exposure, <laughs> oh, you know, know, a lot of my exposure had came, you know, because he, you know, because he was exposing me. So um, eventually, you know, we had done a lot of different covers and stuff, uh, you know, on his YouTube. Like, you know, one of the first ones we, we did, we covered a B2K song. We covered a Tyree song. Yeah, yeah, man, we went back, dude. So, you know, I didn't even know how you know how important or impar- how substantial youtube was to people getting their music out until you know i saw jeff and everybody else on it lost lounge kids llk right and uh tumblr as well so you know i got hit to a lot of those social medias because you know because of you guys and jeff all right cool that's good background on that um bring it back to <laughs> real thorough i want to bring it back to jeff right quick and um i've always like like I said before, my homies, I'm a fan of you know you guys' music and whatnot. And uh, with Jeff, he has a, you have an interesting writing style, and I think that it kind of separates you from other um, writers in your uh, genre, whether it's your peers or you know mainstream or whatever. Um, uh, could you give us a little um, insight to how making lyrics and uh, writing a track goes for you? Oh man, it's always different, but it always has to be like the beat that catches me. Um, and if like the chords in there are very like vocal friendly, if like you can come up with melodies that will complement the chords on that beat. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's always different, but uh, that's pretty much the main way that I try to write. Try to write songs. And um, for Jaybird, how do you go about? What's your, uh, I guess, um, method or uh, thought process in making a, a, a beat or a production? Um, wow, you know, I really have to be inspired. You know, it just it, it, it comes at random because uh, back then I had I was using Reason that that had been like the first program that I ever used, and eventually. Um, I, I combined Reason with uh, Steinberg's New Window, which a lot of people know uh, from, you know, like Steinberg Cubase. They have like the same format. So anyways, um, sometimes it'll be a thing where I'll hear like, I'll hear a song and then I get so inspired that there'll be these other ideas coming in my head that'll make me write something different, you know, and that's the cool thing of, of, about inspiration from, you know, how, how I get it. Uh, sometimes I'll start off with some chord changes. Sometimes I'll start off with the beat. You know, it's it's just really random, dude. And sometimes like ideas will come, but if I'm too busy, that thing, you know, that idea will just disappear, and I can't recall it, man. So I have to like I have to jump on it every time. Right on the spot. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what happens when inspiration hits, man. You gotta you can't let it linger too long. I think it's pretty common for a lot of you know a lot of creative thinkers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
So l- let's uh, wrap it, not wrap it up, but like let's tie a, a, a bow on this and how you guys came together and did a gentleman's approach. How did that um, whole process go down? Because when it came out, I was I was blown away just for the fact that how well it did on the um, on the iTunes list. What, uh, what was the highest it went on uh, when it released? Number five. On the top ten iTunes uh, R&B. For independent, um, being recorded in a, in your house in your room. Um, how how to, t- tell us about the process and how did you guys go about making? How long did it take? Man, that was that. I think that was like one of the craziest stories. Every time people ask us about that, even like when we talk about that in Korea, it's. Just crazy because like Jaybird was gonna go back home mm-hmm. to his parents' his crib and just like live in the bay, just like leave Reno and like when I found that I was just like, yo, you should just like just stay at the crib and just like live with us and let's just just try to make an album or something. Yeah, because he had been talking about doing like his first full length um, for a minute and I was telling him, like, you know, let me know, bro. I'm I'm definitely on board to you know over you know oversee that. Yeah. And uh, oh, so you you lived in Jeff's house. Uh, not as of yet. I mean, I was getting ready to move mm-hmm. and uh, I was staying with my parents throughout the summer. This was like 2011. And um, I came back to Reno in August and moved into Jeff and his family's crib and mm-hmm. lived there for about four months. And uh, at the end of my stay, the album had, you know, had got released. And, you know, it was cool, man, because we really got to just, you know, bind us you know, bond his brothers, you know what I mean? And really take our time with what, you know, exactly he wanted on the album and, you know, just be really careful with it just because this was like the first time ever doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was just a lot, of, there was a lot of crucial moments, you know, a lot of challenges. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that was so imperative to how our relationship is now. Yeah. And like, to me, I think that was my best work. Yeah, I think that was like, you know how there's always just like that one album that's yeah. just you know i think that was like my college dropout oh, okay yeah. yeah nice all right all right you heard that, you heard that. <laughs> um so uh just to get to a little so bit more get that de- life of pablo <laughs> <laughs> just to get a little bit more into detail what would like a, a regular day of recording and like preparation or creative creating be like for you guys would it be like wake up in the morning just go through the process and yeah pretty it much out? it was yeah. like that because we kind of had like kind of had like a time limit we knew we we knew that we wanted to make an album in like two months or like three months okay so yeah it was just was that a time limit you put on yourselves or was that something like demand or well yeah because we wanted to release it at the end of the year you know what i mean like he was going for around like his birthday for yeah yeah. Yeah. so we had pretty much the summer to the end of the year to and we released this December 5th, 2011, so... Nice. Yeah, and fortunately, you know, there was there was um, a bunch of tracks that I did before right. that he just revamped and, yeah. you know, that's, made that's better. the album. And, like, some songs, man, it was just crazy. Like, I would just come up with a melody, like, yo, what do you think of, like, a song that would be, like... Like, and then he just came up with just, just vibe and then... Um, come out with the instrumentation for it man it yeah. was like one, that was one of the best moments for me because anytime he had an idea you know through a melody and that would that would be all I needed to just you know 
finish it. You know what I'm saying? And then once we had it, you put the lyrics on and just, you know, go back and forth. You know what I'm saying? So that was really cool, you know, just to look back and be like, yeah, man, that's kind of like how our, our you know, creative approach is, you know, like either I'll make a, a beat that's already like, you know, enough for Jeff to feel it or, you know, Jeff will have a melody like, yo, Jaybird, do this, you know, like whatever it was, you know, I just wanted to be his vessel so that, you know, anything that he wasn't able to, you know, materialize on his own, I could, you know, help him bring that out. So. Okay. Nice. You know, Just Vibe was definitely <laughs> one of those those songs on that album that uh, signifies that. Hell yeah. So, album drop, number five on the iTunes R&B and Soul. Independent, straight out the, you know, grassroots, straight out the room, home studio. Um, yeah, and we had, keep in mind, we did this, like, with the most basic setup. <laughs> like, we didn't even have... Like studio monitors, like legit speakers. We yeah, were yeah. using M Audio, like M Audio, computer speakers. Yeah, I remember this setup right in the corner of your room. Um, <laughs> that caught popularity. Uh, how did that feel when it released? And man, you know, it was tight. I remember we didn't even. I remember us talking about it before it dropped. We were like, man, how tight would it be? Would it be if we got like top one hundred? Yeah, like, top 100. Top 100. Yeah. Not like, yo, that would be like top and 10. We weren't even expecting it. We were just like, nah, dude, we're not going to even do any of that. Yeah. And then, like, a couple hours pass, and we're just chilling. Like, we're playing 2K, and and then, like, we just see it, like, keep rising on the charts. And which, that, I mean... And that's the thing. Like like I said, like, as a fan first, I, you guys were updating us on the, the growth of, you know... It, was, it, wasn't, it, was it wasn't common being, like, you know, independent Filipino... Exactly artists like you just don't do that you yeah, know what I mean? i'm standing next to trey songs in the top 15 exactly R&B, you, you guys know? who at the end you guys beat like um uh i forget major names basically uh, you basically yeah. it was yeah, just tight being names, next yeah. to those names right you know I mean? yeah and like, like we stopped yeah. paying attention to the number we just yeah, realized yeah, yeah. like hey this dude's album is next to next mary exactly. j blige yeah, and exactly. you know usher and like yeah wow. like watching that and just reading your guys updates on twitter and on tumblr it was crazy just i mean you know outside the realm just being a fan right and then just knowing you guys as like brothers and shit i was like damn this is actually like in my mind like yo this really can happen you know what I mean? For uh, anyone that's like striving to be a musician, this DIY culture, it actually can take you to that level. Which brings me to popularity of the album locally or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like state stateside, it caught wind. But um, tell me or tell the listeners, how did the album catch wind over in Korea? Which brought us back to how you guys Man, just that, came back from there. It's crazy because it took like a year and a half for it to... Like he, yeah, to even be heard. Yeah, what Korea. was the process like? How did how did that? Um, you had happen? a distribution in Japan and Korea first, right? Yeah. Okay. No, Japan first. Japan, Japan first. first. Uh-huh. I had this distribu- distribution offer from Japan for like two thousand copies, and then um, that was already cool to see like it on the shelves mm-hmm. like in another country. What, was that just because um, someone caught word of uh, the sound, or like did someone? play it it went viral over there or in, that, in, uh, in japan i think they someone just caught on and like you know it's crazy how music works like you just never know who's listening but when korea came um it was from actually who is our good friend now jun k which is from a k-pop group called 2pm which is like they're kind of 
they're like kind of OGs with, okay. you know, um, being like one of the K-pop groups. And he used it in one of the TV shows, and it it just oh, went right. viral. I didn't know that. That's yeah. Crazy. So Kotwin got really huge over there, like kind of overnight. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Would you yeah. agree? Or? I mean, right. I think so because. Um, yeah, what man? What did that happen? Was that 2013? Well, I'm trying to think, bro, because you got the distribution in Japan, then you got got a distribution in Korea. That was all like I want to say summer 2012. Was it? Yeah, maybe, possibly, yes. Yeah, and 2012. then eventually, um, one of the songs got placed. One of the songs got placed onto a show, right? Yeah. And that was like in the fall 2012, I, I want to say. Yeah. And June K was a part of this reality show called Romantic Idol, and uh, that was the first time anybody had ever heard that uh, oh, okay. the song. And that song is "Call You Mine." Yeah. And then you know, with June K and his millions of followers, like on Twitter and whatnot, social media. And then we got our first show offer. And like, then we get our first show offer after that. In yeah, exactly, a couple of months, like January 2013. Jeff calls me talking about we got invited to play at the Soul Jazz Festival. No, 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 or, no, 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 no. No, not the Soul Jazz Festival. We did a show at the V Hall. Yeah, but, but the first offer was the Soul Jazz Festival. And then a couple of months later, we got an offer to do the V Hall. Oh, damn. I forgot. Because I was in like San that. Diego and you called me talking about we have another show in late March talking about, you know, your own headliner show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 700 capacity people in Hongdae. Yeah, uh, like a six, it's like a six to 700 capacity venue and sold out like within minutes. Within 15 minutes, bro. Yeah. It was nuts, dude. And That's then crazy. we did our in- initial show uh, two months later after that um, for that the Seoul Jazz, Jazz Festival, Festival at Olympic Park in uh, Seoul, Korea. And we only had we only had one album at the time, mm-hmm. and yeah. we had to do like an hour show. So it's like we were doing covers still. Yeah, know? yeah, that's right. We had to cover like some songs, and then you know we did the majority of the album. And this was around 2013, 12? 12, 13? First half of 2013. Man, so album released in... December 2011. Yeah. Okay. Then it got re-released in Asia 2012, like during the summertime, right, yeah. Jeff? Yeah. What was the, uh, the first trip like? You guys remember your feelings? Yeah. Oh, it was crazy, man. man. We were kind of scared at first. Yeah. It was kind of sketchy. I mean, uh, coming into a foreign country. Yeah, we've never time. we've never yeah. traveled before, like, outside of the country. Mm-hmm. And me and Miko would always talk about it. We brought Miko, too, with us to, like, take photos and video. And we were like, hey, you think you think we're going to be good, man? Like, because, you know, we yeah, always hear yeah. stuff about, you know, like, North foreign Korea and all foreign. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, man, it's actually one of the safest countries, cleanest countries I like ever been South to Korea. South Korea yeah. economy efficient like you won't see you won't see trash on the on the ground you won't see bums anywhere like everyone strives for success you won't see escalators moving until you step on one it's a pretty <laughs> like pretty, yeah. it's a pretty rich country that's crazy I'm just trying to take it in right now because I've never heard these stories like like first pers- you know perspective from you guys man um, it was just a different world when we first landed bro and like I'm Everything was well, in Korean. And well, what, what were the nerves like as soon as you guys like hit the stage or like in preparation? It was cool though. I think that was like one of the most fun shows because like I don't know. Every time we actually perform, the, the energy is always like on point. Like yeah. they'll sing along with you. They'll like even if I mess up, they'll like 
still clapping. And, and and that's the thing. Like, obviously, it's another country, different language. What was the language barrier like between you know knowing the songs and like communication, talking to people? At first, it was hard. At first, it was hard because we wanted to go like venture off on our own and like check out all these like shopping areas and like not a lot of people speak English there. Like, if we ask them questions, they're like. Huh? Like, yeah. what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Tripping out like, <laughs> that was the key word, was huh? Yeah. But um, now it's cool. I mean, we kind of understand. Well, we don't understand Korean, but we know how to get by. Like, we know the areas now, and we know, like... Uh, that's all Jaybird. Say something Korean. Greetings. Greetings to your Korean fans. Come on, right now, on the spot. Okay. Uh, I like a good... okay. Uh, to all the ladies. Oh, Dancing each ago, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I basically oh. said hello to everyone and uh, yeah, basic words. I mean, basic. <laughs> we we had to like learn basic words before we got there, and we actually say them different now. It's like more fluent. More fluent, more. Um, yeah. with the like we tongue. learned thank you, which is kamsahamnida, uh-huh. but like what you say throughout the years, it's like, <laughs> and then and then um, saying hello is like anyang haseyo. Okay. But like, you kind of have to say it like you quick. Say it a little bit. Ain't no Rosetta Stone over yeah, here. You, you, like, you gotta say the art. Like you know what I'm saying? You wanna hear the music? Yeah. Certain cadence. You gotta say. Yeah, you do. You do. And like with a certain tone too. It's like yeah. But uh, it's it's cool, man. It's cool learning like a different language. Yeah. Like, so at that at that point at that point <laughs> in time of performing, that was your biggest crowd, right? Six hundred people. Yeah, for sure. Next was the Soul Jazz Festival. From what you guys told me, yeah. and that was like, like what, that was insane. Five thousand or around that. Yeah, five thousand. And then we did another show like the day after, and it was like this like amphitheater. It was like right, like, yeah. and that was like a good like, like two to three thousand. Yeah, it was. It was pretty crazy. Would you guys say you got uh, kind of a household name now in uh, Korea? Well, I'm just a you know, behind the scenes dude, making sure that this dude's music is. It's kind of crazy, like hearing that because they say, they say that like we ran into like those Far East movement cats mm-hmm. in LA for Dumbfounded's birthday, and then like one of them was just like, "Oh, you're that Filipino dude that's just like everyone's talking about that. It's just like killing it. Like, yeah. like dude, everyone talks about that. It's like kind of that that story that like a foreigner came. That's like a different." race and just like kind of I mean, rightfully so man you guys have been hard at work doing your uh, yeah and i mean like fortunately we've been getting like offers left and right like to songwrite for like major names right now and it's so it's like it's cool i mean they kind of want our flavor of of your, your music stylings over for their music that's cool so it's kind of like this crossover hybrid of what you guys are yeah. doing including with like i guess what they call it k-pop Definitely. The K-pop, more energetic, electric type music. We're not super into the K-pop like scene because like, it's just it's too poppy for us. But like, there's this whole like K R and B, K soul like coming up right now, and it's okay. Like a lot of the artists that like we're like working with are actually really talented, like very very talented. Alright. Um, what's next for you guys? Any projects coming? We're up? actually, man, we're going back to Seoul next week. <laughs> We're actually, we just got this last minute offer. We're performing for this runway show. Like this model show. Like we're going to come out and just perform while the girls are walking. And Nice. Yeah, so we're in and out. Like we're there for like a couple days and then back. And then the the, fall, the week, the weekend after that, we go to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. 
This was our first time performing in New Jersey. Um, and then we go on tour next month. Eight you cities. Released, you released that uh, uh, information. Yeah. And last week, um, take us or take, tell the listeners um, where they could catch you or, you know, where yeah, they can so, expect um, you guys at. Tour starts uh, April 16th is the first date. Uh, How many cities you banging out? Eight. Eight cities? Yeah, we left LA. Like, we didn't want to add LA on the tour because we, we want to do like a, like a, I don't know. Like We're preparing epic, for something really an, big for an uh, epic LA, LA show with like a twenty-piece band. Like, nice. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere around there. <laughs> All right. You know, confidential. Yeah, no. It's keep gonna it, be. It's it gonna be nice. really but nice. You guys are working up, so this is like working up to it. Yes, most yeah. definitely. Um. Either of you can speak on it. Um, the popularity in Korea, amazing, great. Done a lot for your uh, both of you guys' careers. But, you know, to make it, I guess to make it, or I don't know if you guys feel like you guys already made it, you know, but um, stateside, what's, stateside. you know, like stateside, we, I mean, regardless of like, approach, where it like, is, where it is like in the world, I think we still have a lot of work to do. Right. I mean, I know that I have like a lot of goals that I still have yet to reach. Um, but I mean, these are just the beginning phases to me, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely not comfortable with where I'm at, you know, as far as like where I've, you know, gotten up to as far as levels or status or whatever. I don't really believe in that. I just believe in trying to reach the goal. I mean, I'm, it's a really high goal that I'll probably never reach. But, you know, the whole purpose in life is to just, you know, re- keep reaching for it, yeah. you know. So, I mean, I think we're doing pretty good as far as, um, you know, where we've come from in the last, you know, two or three years, just, you know, gaining this popularity. I mean, I'm real proud of this dude for like, you know, uh, you know, being, you know, where he's at and, you know, me being a part of his journey. So, you know, we just, we just gotta keep it going. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like I, like I said before, I think it was, it's an amazing, like when you guys first album came out, how it represented the DIY culture so well, you know, like, straight you know and it still is and it still day. is exactly it is it is we keep a lot of things independent you know we look up to a lot of artists like you know Macklemore and Ryan Lewis who you know they've won Grammys and still don't exactly. aren't in a under a major record label so and that's just a message to those out there that is doing music yeah. or creating like you don't have to have the machine backing you you don't yeah, have yeah, to yeah. have that you know multi-million dollar contract just yeah. to get your music out right just like to, it's yeah. more of an expressive thing and if it's good enough or it's, mm-hmm. you know if the situation is cool It'll present itself and success will come as a byproduct of releasing the music yes, that sir. you love to make, right? Absolutely. So, um, I guess we could wrap this up. Cass, any questions? You a little quiet over there, man. I'm, I'm just you know, engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Cass, man. He's always doing all the work behind behind the uh, behind the boards and um, making it sound cool for everyone to listen to. But uh, where can we catch you guys on social media, Jeff? Um, it's just at Jeff Burnett on pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, everything. I don't know if I have it. But. Yeah, I mean the same thing with me. Uh, you can you know search my keyword on Google and see you know SoundCloud and Twitter and you know. So this is Jay Birds T H double I S J B I R D and um, yeah, find me, find us. 
Man, great conversation, guys. Thank yeah, you guys thank you guys us. for having us. Yeah, thanks, man. It's you guys cool. are the like, homies. We actually never really got to do like a podcast before. We we've done like interviews in Korea, but it's always like like a like fifteen minutes or something. No, it's like someone's someone speaking in Korean and then someone has to translate it. So it's like <laughs> yeah, it's pretty limited. It's not really yeah. like we can't get personal in depth, yeah, exactly. and in depth. Yeah, exactly. But you know, we and and I mean, it's cool doing it with like family. We practically grew up with y'all, so it's like you know, it's only right. I mean, usually we do. We try to do it like hell. We try to mix it up, like, talk about yeah. You know, other I mean, you keep it you know personal or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, like we're all fam. Um, any, uh, I guess, words of inspiration or uh, advice to anyone coming up trying to you know do it the way that you guys started to do it independently I, I, DIY. Man, just practice on your craft, bro. For reals, you know. Don't do it for the money. Don't do it for the status. Just do it because you honestly love to do it. You, you know what I mean? And as long as you got people that, you know, you know, that appreciate what you do, you know, and, you know, everybody's kind of going for the for the same thing, man. You know what I mean? Everybody's going for this pursuit of happiness. If we're optimistic enough to, like, you know, make it happen, then, you know, whatever it is that we're good at doing, you know, our gifts, you know, as long as we take care of those gifts, those gifts will take us to the highest level possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't agree anymore. That's he pretty much said everything. But sorry, I, I said that with a little more conviction than I, you know. But I mean, um, yeah. I mean, believe it from us. We come from small towns, you know, and it's not often for people to just be able to do what they love, you know, out of being raised from i mean like i'm coming from reno there's if you've been to reno there's not really like anything yeah. there small town feel yeah there's stuff there <laughs> i mean there's stuff there but i mean regardless like just the whole like point of it is like it's a blessing to be able to just come from a small town and you know do what a lot of other people are able to do in like bigger cities and stuff so yeah man um so if i could do it y'all could do it <laughs> for sure uh man continue on this journey bro both of you guys, you guys have been putting out quality music, uh, music for everyone to listen to. It's been great to see you guys grow. Just being, you know, like I said, outside perspective, just seeing you guys grow as artists and as people. Because, I mean, that's a lot of the time people don't understand, like, there's a lot of personality and, like, heart, like, you just not ro- robots and machines just pumping out music just Absolute, to pump it out yeah, you know? yeah, there's definitely. a lot of uh, soul and heart behind thirsty, this mad thirsty yeah, carbon you copy know, like, and, I mean <laughs> taking the quick route to just get that um, quick buck right so I mean happy that you guys are doing this doing it from the, from the heart continuing to doing it from the heart and um, I wish you guys all the success it's in the world it's not gonna be a last time you're like, no yeah I wanna catch you guys individually too so we like can get the intro, background so yeah like we're trying to get next thing you know we're gonna see you guys in like beats one (laughs) (laughs) but yeah man i wish you guys you know continued success good luck on the tour thanks man we we look forward to coming back here for sure man bring your boy bring your boy out on the tour (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know i'm gonna need i'm gonna need a i'm gonna need a traveling tattoo tattoo artist on the road you know you're gonna need a traveling (laughs) podcast show with you But, but uh, yeah, thank you guys, guys for having us. Shout outs to Free Love. Like, shout outs to the homie Cass, Vibrock. Yeah, shout outs to Two Nine. Shout outs to everybody. Shout outs shout to like all the artists that have allowed me to work with them. You know, including Jeff, including Mikey Manifest, including Jeremy Passion, and everybody that I work with. Man, thank you guys. Yeah, man, it's been a blessing. Um, hey, Cass, any closing words? Not much, bro. Not much. So that's it. Episode number four. 
Free Love Podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Vibrock. My name is Cass. And we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Free love.